to Between the Horns. It is Thursday, July 18th. It is 11 a.m. Pacific time here in the city of Agora Hills, California. DeMarco, how are you? I'm good. How you doing, Kingpin? <laughs> My man. <laughs> uh, do you really, I don't mania. want to start here. Why not? How can you not? All right. Thank fine. you. So we Come had, on. all right. So yesterday, with the media team, we had a team outing as we go like to inside yeah. stuff for Bolero, my taste. right? Yes, yeah. in Woodland Hills. Good good facility there. We appreciate them for taking care of us. And so, yes, there was a game yesterday, the last game that we played on our lane, and I bowled the highest score of the day. Yeah. A 176. And of your life. Of my life. At one point... Funny. The, the, the funniest part, at one point I had four strikes in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. So then basically everybody stops... And then they start looking at me. Uh oh, well, and you got a no-no going. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly right, that. Right. So when everybody's looking at me and the like, going for my fifth strike in a row, I bowl a gutter ball. Oh. They stop looking at me. <laughs> I spare it, but I just <laughs> I get all the fins on the second oh, roll. So wow. Yeah, but wow, that that's not crazy. getting not getting that strike like probably made the game so much worse because yeah. like, you get zero pins and then that affects everything that you've done in the previous couple. Rounds, but I, yes. You think you're well? I mean, if you nail a strike there, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. The game wow. would have been really over. Unbelievable! Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So, and that—that's like going up in stages from suckitude to your best game ever. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so that and th the one where you rolled your best game ever was the money game, right? Well, I, you know, it was for it was for entertainment purposes okay. only. Okay, so that makes you a hustler. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, that makes you a first class hustler. First of all, I beat you. You turned it on when it mattered most. Uh, maybe, but right. first of all, I beat you early on. Oh, okay, fair enough. I yes. did. I was yes. distracted though. You did. I was you had your daughter. I had my four-year-old. You yes. did, yeah. and that's that's fair, and yeah. that's fine. However, I would just say that I beat you, okay. just like I did in Top Golf a couple fair, years ago. Uh, fair enough. You win. Anyway, okay. we are just. Uh, you know what? 2019 is going to be getting even between you and me, <laughs> athletically. Okay? Maybe. Okay. Maybe we'll see. I'm going to start picking the games here. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Well, we just are now over a week away from the start of training camp. As we get into the yeah. things we probably should be talking about, you know, like yeah, the yeah. Los Angeles. <laughs> we can do some some warm-up stuff. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm geeked for camp. Can't wait. Football will, you know, guys will be on the field doing football stuff, which means football is back. And Again. I can't wait for preseason. Preseason is like the most fun time of year for me. I know you love preseason. You I say do. this every year. I do. I love it. And I can't stand that people hate it. Like you. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. When I brought it up, you're like, ah, I hate preseason. I don't. I just, all right. Like, this is not maybe a kosher thing to say, but August is such a tough month for me. Why? Just professionally, because you're stretched very thin. Yeah. And so, like, there are points where I basically lose my mind every August because it's You know who doesn't lose work. his mind in August? Belichick. Okay. Yeah. I'm just... Just saying. I'm just saying that he doesn't but, lose his mind in August. He loves August when he's stretched yes, so thin. Yes, because you I, should show the guys every single player in uniform respect. I, I, okay. Of knowing who they are, where they're from, and what their story is. Do you think I don't do that? I'm, no, I'm just you, stretch thin. You're saying stretch thin. Which I just mean you're mean, looking at your watch. I just mean personally and professionally. Like you know the way we do it. It it's difficult. How not long to have go you home. been doing this? Five years. How can you be stretched thin in August? You you know it's coming every year. 
I know, but like, you're like the bonehead that fails the drug test. You know when it's coming. Just saying. Why are you doing this? I'm to just saying because you said like you 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 poo pooed preseason. I'm gonna be no. I'm that frustrates me. Come on. Preseason is great. I yes. enjoy seeing the players in uniform again. I enjoy going to different stadiums and seeing guys who are trying to fight for a roster spot and seeing how they're going to emerge. Thank I, you. The thing I enjoy the most about the preseason is really the the structured practices that you get against different teams. Right? Oh yeah. So the, the Rams yeah, yeah. are going to face off against the Chargers in a couple practices, one in Costa Mesa, one at UC Irvine, and then they're going to go up to Napa. They're going to face the Raiders in a couple of practices as well. So I, I think those things are kind of the most valuable things that you can get out of the preseason. True. And then heading to Hawaii for Dallas, right? Are yes. They, are they practicing against Dallas before I the game? I don't believe so. I, we have to clear that up. I'm not sure if they do, but that's your preseason so. right there. So, you know, when I heard about the schedule way back, you're going to Oakland, you've got the Chargers, and then you're going to play Dallas in Hawaii. I'm like, well, there's your preseason, so don't expect to see too many starters in preseason. I, I don't know why you would expect any starters to play preseason anyway, based on last year. Exactly. But when you're getting this much quality work against other people, uh, that's basically your, your preseason. That's the way I like it, too, because it is controlled. You know what I mean? Games, yes. anything can happen. When you're going from snap to whistle, you know, from start to finish to the ground, Strange things happen. Absolutely. Accidents happen. But in a controlled environment, you could keep guys healthier and get good work at the same time. Well, and this is what we talked about last August, right? Going to Baltimore and why that was valuable, why that was important for the team. When you go to a place where you're not going to see those guys throughout the regular season, et cetera, that is the, the place where you can really try different things and you can say, all right, we know what this is going to look like now against a defense like this. True. Uh, you know, I or offense like this, as the case may be. I like doing that, going away. It builds character. It makes you come together as a football team. Also, as a coaching staff, gives it gives you a chance to evaluate guys away from home and how they behave. Mm-hmm. You know, can, can they follow the rules when the environment around them changes? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Can you maintain discipline the same way? So I, I think it's great. Um, you may be able to, if you're if if a guy's on the bubble to begin with, you may be able to make a decision on the guy just based on how he traveled that week versus how he practices. Sure. If that makes sense. I think it does. Yeah. Um, So before we go any further, I do want to say if you are interested in coming out to training camp and you should be, be sure to go to the Rams.com slash training camp to register for your free tickets. You'll be able to do that on site as well, but it is definitely more convenient if you do it beforehand. So we hope to see you all there next Saturday, four o'clock, the first practice at UC Irvine. Gates open at noon, or excuse me, at two o'clock. Did you get a weather report? Did I get a weather report? Just expect hot. Forget it. Bring a hat, bring the sunblock, (laughs) you know, make sure the baby's head is covered. It's it's Southern California in late July, early August. Just saying. It's going to be hot, right? Yeah, just saying. Don't leave looking like a lobster. No doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what are you most looking forward to seeing once we get to training camp? Is there any position group, any particular player you want to see? Brian Allen and Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff, you know, thinking about it on the way in today, and, you know, would you be surprised if he had to lead the league in attempts this year. Jared Goff, um, in terms of passing attempts. Passing attempts. Okay. Yeah. To, to I would be surprised. Become one of the elite pass guys. You know, I, I mean, just in, in terms of sheer numbers, like you've got to put it up X amount of times per game to win football games. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then the Rams, pro- if, if Jared Goff has to lead the league in passing attempts, I think that means a couple things. A, the Rams aren't winning games the way they would want to. 
mm-hmm. the defense is not playing as well as they would want it to because it would mean that the Rams have to keep winning these shootout games, right? Could be, right, right. That's so could be. Do you think that both of those things are fair to uh, assume? Definitely, if but I mean, the league? going into year four, I mean, most of the elite quarterbacks take off in year four. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of situation. I mean, when you get 32, 40 starts in, I mean consistent consecutive starts the game starts to slow down so maybe as a play caller maybe as a quarterback you're more apt to say you know if it is to be it's up to me you know what I mean that that sort of situation the the best situation for us to be in to move the football is coming out of my hand you know and and that's what happens with elite guys in year four they just all of a sudden take off so uh, those best of your 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 career high start happening around year four five and six yeah for sure but I think even so, the Rams have tried to set themselves up to still be a run-first football team, mm-hmm. right? And I think even though Jared Goff's numbers have improved dramatically, if you consider his rookie year, mm-hmm. but they've improved year by year uh, since McVay has been here, I think you still want to be that run-first team. And that's why you have somebody like Todd Gurley. You mm-hmm. paid him. You paid him to be the the bell cow back. Now we can talk more about the knee if we want to, and I don't really want to right now. But then you also have a guy like Malcolm Brown. You brought him back mm-hmm. to be the second running back. You brought in Daryl Henderson right. to be another threat running the ball or catching the ball out of the backfield. So I think in those ways, I would not expect Jared Goff to lead the league in passing attempts. Well, see, that's kind of my point. I mean, like you have an I guess they've gone just to the edge of saying you're going to have to manage Todd Gurley a little bit this year. Now, we've said Todd's going to do what Todd does, right? If he's healthy, give him the rock. Yes. But at some point, I think we're going to expect them to manage his workload, correct? I, I guess that's a fair assumption. So if I, you're, I do. If you're in a dogfight, <clears throat> key situation, take yourself to any Monday post game when we're getting ready to talk to the coach or listen to the, the post game breakdown, right? So you've got Jared Goff in the game with Woods, Cooks, and Cup. Let's say Cup's healthy. Yeah. And maybe Todd is out and you've got Malcolm Brown or a rookie back there and the game is on the line. Well, I don't expect you to turn around and hand it off to a backup or a rookie. Yes. I expect Jared Goff to have to sling it around a few times. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I feel I, confident I with that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. And if Jared Goff had that that final game versus the 49ers, I think he's up over 600 pass attempts last season. So why not add 50 more? Yeah, I think he can handle that going into his fourth season. Right. Yeah. Now, if you look at attempts per game last year, uh, Ben Roethlisberger was number one. He had 42.2 attempts per game. And then you had Andrew Luck, uh, Joe Flacco, Nick Foles also in there because he played a bunch, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. You have to go all the way down to 13 in terms of quarterbacks to find Jared Goff with attempts per game, and that was at 35.1. Tom Brady was one ahead of him at 35.6, number 12. So. bet he climbs this year. I mean, considering he's moving into, I wouldn't say a contract year, but contract consideration. You're talking about extending him. So I bet those numbers start to climb. So you would expect that he would have more like 37, 38 passing attempts per game as opposed to around 35. Regardless of game situation. Okay. Like if they're stopping the run that day and you have to throw more. No, I I think he's going to throw more anyway. I think you should use your quarterback more. He's one of your more experienced guys on the football team. At this point, yes. Absolutely. So why not use that weapon more often than not? I think that's fair, and I think that he has the weapons around him. No doubt. In order to do that. You know, I was reading something on NFL.com this week, mm-hmm. and it said that they think the Rams have the top skill sets 
uh, excuse me, no, it wasn't NFL.com. This was ESPN's Bill Barnwell. He rated top offensive weapons around the league. Mm-hmm. So last year, Kansas City was number one. This year, the Rams are number one. So he's talking about... What happened about, to Kansas City? I guess they, that... I think he's more Kareem, saying that... Kareem Hunt, because Kareem he's Hunt. suspended, and Tariq Hill, maybe. Well, Kareem Hunt is now with Cleveland. Right, I know. Kareem Hunt gone, and then yes. now Tariq Hill's in trouble. Maybe. So I guess that's how Kansas City takes a step back, because Mahomes is still there. Well, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> right. it's not It's not including the quarterback. Oh, yes, really? Yes. Okay. So you're not including the quarterback, offensive line, or scheme. You're just wow. talking about the skill set, uh, the skill weapons. So the right? Rams are now ahead of the Chiefs. That's what he says. So based on your running backs, your wide receivers, and your tight ends. Okay, the running back has to count for a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, tight end, you'd have to give the edge to them. No doubt. Yeah, with all due respect. Uh, the receivers, I mean, are, I, is he assuming Tariq Hill is not going to play? I don't think so. I oh, think okay. that even including Tariq Hill, and you also have them there, Sammy Watkins. Wow. But I, but look, I mean. That's a toughie, though. I mean, I'll, I'll take these, the three the Rams have. I'll take Cup, I'll take Cooks, and I'll take Woods. You know how we feel about them. Yes. Okay, let's put Tariq Hill on that same roster. With, with is he is he the fourth receiver off the bench? Well, I mean, or are you just it, going four wides? <laughs> it's, a, it's a race car at that point, right? Right, right? But I think that you even have to include Josh Reynolds in that conversation. No if you're talking about the Rams based on what he was able to do in yeah. the second half of the season. I'm glad you brought him up, man. I mean, guys that had break through seasons because he hadn't had a breakout season yet he had a breakthrough okay right he's a guy you can trust he's a guy you can throw the ball to what you, what is, is the difference semantics? between breakthrough and breakout yes because uh, it kind of is semantics break breakout i mean you're a league leader you're you're okay. amongst the league leaders i mean you came out of nowhere to like who is this guy like you julio jones you talk about all the top receivers in the league and then all of a sudden you talk about josh reynolds out of nowhere that's yeah. Breakout breakthrough is you become a consistent contributor for a pretty good offense. Okay, I think that's Josh Reynolds. But don't think you've arrived, or don't think that that ceiling um, that that you can't crack that glass ceiling and become a starter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And don't think that the guys behind you aren't trying to chase you down for that spot. Kaderil Hodge is a guy that everyone likes. Uh, Mike Thomas is a guy that we haven't seen much out of as a receiver. But the guy can roll. Yeah. And this is probably his make or break, wouldn't you say? Yes, it is. Because, I mean, it's his contract year. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're talking about running a race or the wounded fawn in the Serengeti, you've heard this before, right? Yes, I have. Okay. You've said this on the podcast. Then which receiver do you think you can catch if you're outside the top four? Probably Reynolds. So, don't think you've arrived just because you had a breakout or a breakthrough season. Excuse me. I almost got myself confused. Yeah, you kind of yeah. did, didn't you? Yeah. But, yes. I mean, it, it happens before where, where guys get a little bit, they, they become spot starters, and they walk into training camp thinking their spot is secure when the guys behind them got a whole lot better. Right. <laughs> you know? So uh, don't think your spot is safe Well, I if think, you're outside the top three. Uh, yes, and I, I think one of the things that you have to think about now is the fact that Cooper Cup is slated to be back, right? Like yeah. We all know that Cooper Cup when healthy, is one of the elite slot receivers in the league. One and of the I best think that football players, period. Yes, I yeah. was going to sort of hedge myself there oh, by yeah. you know, also saying that I think he's one of the better wide receivers in the league, regardless of where he's playing. Because he can play all the different spots, right? No that is one of the things that the Rams really stress. You need to be able to play in the slot, on the outside, on the other on the other side, you know, X, Z, yeah. and F, all three. I, I, can't get, I can't nail Coach McVay to this, but I would bet he's like your emergency, emergency quarterback. <laughs> I'm serious. If you need to get through, like if you have a situation where you just lose everybody. Yes. I bet he's the guy you put in at quarterback just to get us out of this quarter, out of this game. 
Hey, maybe yeah. it's him or Hecker. Could be. Uh, wow, Johnny Hecker quarterback. Hmm. I mean, he's we know a few he's, yeah, he's thrown yeah. a few passes before that have been <laughs> right. um, in pretty key spots. No doubt. But yeah, I, I think basically the, the thing that was interesting to me about the Barnwell piece is that he's saying the Rams have such elite weapons at running back, at wide mm-hmm. receiver, that that's what really puts them over the top in terms of having all the skill sets that a quarterback could really want to become, like, to, to really yeah. be effective. Does that make sense? Uh, it does. It's, it's just those ratings, man. I mean, this time of year for me, it, it drives. It makes me like want to like peel my skin off of my fingernails because all these ratings and and, oh, that's, and, yeah, and lists come out. That's it, content in July, man. It drives it drives you nuts, right? So if you listen to the ratings, Philadelphia is the best team in the league, yeah, by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, they're one of the best teams. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, but with these rankings and how they come out, it's just sort of crazy. So I did see the Madden ratings about the Rams, and all three receivers are rated what? Close to 90? They are rated at 84 or higher. 84 so Cooper or higher. Cup is 84. Yeah. And then you also have uh, both, uh, excuse me, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks are 87. I did see some... I, I heard some shouts from the peanut gallery about Todd Gurley's ranking. At 97? Nine. Yeah. Well, yeah. why wouldn't he be a 97? I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Well, the only thing is the question mark on his knee. Well, if, well, but that's the thing, right? If yeah. everybody thinks he was hurt last year, then if he's healthy, right. then how is he not the same player? Right? Like it's, yeah. it, You can't have it both ways, right? Did we tweet about this or talk about this? Is Todd Gurley eligible to win Comeback Player of the Year? You tweeted about this. Okay, but is he? I don't think so. How can you say comeback when he had the season that he had last season? Right. Yeah. He scored 21 touchdowns. I don't know if that qualifies. I would say that it wouldn't. I know. That's crazy. I think and I what I responded to you was uh, Cooper Cup. Right. And because we got into that. That's Cooper right. Cup is on the the same roster and Cooper Cup actually has something to really come back, come back from. from. Right. That's when I called you Charles Van Doren. That's right. I don't know who Charles Van Doren is. <sighs> you have Who's Google. Charles Van Doren? You have Google, don't you? I don't. I, yeah, Just I do. Just look up Charles I, Van Doren in, when you have a spare moment. Okay. If you're not stretched too thin. Oh, let's get out of here. <laughs> but you brought up Madden, though. I think, yes. I think Madden conversations are interesting. Do you still play Madden? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Not I, like, you know, like I used to. Not like a you, Madden. Okay, but do you, like, get it every year? Like, what do you play it on? Uh, PlayStation. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a play... I, are you Xbox, PlayStation? So, I have mostly been an Xbox person, like, throughout my adult life. Yeah. But I got a PS4 a couple of years ago because I wanted to play MLB The Show. Yeah. And, like, I don't really use my Xbox very much anymore. Mainly because all I do is play MLB The Show to relax. Re- See, I'm with you. Like, Hit bombs. PlayStation is like Nike for me. Xbox is like Reebok. I Ooh, don't really buy Reebok. Interesting. Yeah, I don't really... And I, I'm not the same. I'm pretty good on PlayStation, but if you put me on an Xbox, I'm not as good for some oh, that's reason. that's fair. Yeah, I'm a PlayStation guy. So yeah, I, I do play Madden every okay. now and then. So what was your point with that? No, I just, yeah. I was wondering because I think it's interesting the way that people kind of freak out sometimes about these Madden ratings. You mean the players or the fans? Both. Yeah, well, the player reaction is understandable and it's, it's, it's nothing new. It's just the medium has changed. When I was playing, it was if you got snubbed by Lindy's, the magazine, when they had the season previews, yeah. If they had the wrong guy on the cover in your region, <laughs> you were mad about that. Yeah. If, if they, you know, they, they downgraded you, like uh, as part of a team weakness, you got mad about that. I remember London Fletcher. He would always say it didn't matter to him, but he read everything. <laughs> he read everything. Anything that had his name, he read everything. And he would always remind the guy when he saw him, whoever wrote it, yeah. about what you said about me. So, yeah, I mean, the player reaction 
is nothing new. It's completely understandable. They're competitive. Sure. You want to be the top of everything you do. Well, now, do were you playing Madden when you were in the league? Uh, yes. Do you remember? It was, it was your in its Madden beginning rating. stages. Yeah, you know they say my '99 guy, that '75 and '99 is when you pick the team. Going back a little bit, this is funny. Um, you weren't allowed to pick the 99 Rams because it was an easy win. Yeah. Yeah, they had so many weapons, right? So they said when they were on defense, I was the guy they used. Huh. Yeah. So that, that was cool. Okay. So I don't know if there's a rating. We didn't really look at ratings back then. But I they guess said not. I was the guy they used for instant uh, pressure. Would you like to know what your Madden rating was? They have my in Madden rating? 2000, in, in the Madden 2001? Guess. No, Why don't you guess? No, not 2000. I was hurt. No, no, no. The Madden 2001 is for the season 2000. So I was hurt year, in 2000. I know you were hurt, but they didn't have online updates. So this is the year after the Rams won the Super Bowl, oh, right? Oh, okay. What was my Madden rating? Yeah, guess. I don't know. Just tell me. 99. Was, there. It, yeah, you're overrating yourself uh, just a bit, but here's yeah. the screenshot. Just tell me. What here's is the it? screenshot of the roster. You were an 89 overall. In Madden That's not 2001. Bad. No, it's That's pretty good. Bad. That's not bad. It's very good, actually. Ray Agnew was a... Where's Ray Agnew was 86. 86. That's... you damn right. Yeah. The last two standing. Absolutely. Uh-huh. We're at shop. Yeah. See, I told you. See, Aaron Donald didn't just make this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> Your speed was rated 65 and strength at 85. I found this this morning. No, that's backwards. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's completely backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't doing things quite as uh, yeah. detailed, uh, going over film maybe as, as they do now. I remember but. when EA Sports was, when they first started asking players for input, right? Yeah. And I, I told them why it was so frustrating as a defensive player. This is like the first two or three games that came out. Yeah. The offense would snap the football and you would like pause it a couple of steps in. Yeah. They would get three steps before the defense even freaking moved. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder, right? So they started changing stuff and now it's, I can't tell the difference sometimes. Well, between Between live action and like video game simulation. It's gotten so intricate. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think it's very interesting. Madden, I think now is so hard. Like, yeah, I, it's just it's gotten so much harder. And when I was growing up, I used to play it on computer. I was big into franchise mode. Like yeah, there yeah, was yeah. one time, like I moved a franchise <laughs> to Manhattan and called them Manhattan Kings. Wow. And then like, oh yeah, like I was. It was like this was probably Madden 2008, and I think I got to like 2025 in Man. the game. You know, I think for people like you, yeah. and you miss this completely. You would enjoy Tech Mobile. It yeah. predates Madden. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard about Tech Mobile. Tech Mobile was it. just straight up, <laughs> just hit the end zone as many times as possible. Yes. Yeah, less strategy, more fun. That's, can, can you juke a, juke a guy with a joystick? That's what it was. That's that's sort of why I, what I was saying. Like, when I play MLB The Show, I play it to relax. Yeah, okay. Like, I like yeah. to hit just home runs with my my player. Nice. Like we, <laughs> the last what? season I played, I had 100 home runs in a season. Heck yeah. Which is ridiculous. That's, not, that's like, 120 RBIs and 455. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't play video games to get stressed out. I don't need you're just having stressors fun. Right. in my life. Like, yeah. if he throws a pitch down the middle, I want to send it over the fence. I feel you. When I played Madden just for fun, you know, when I wasn't competing, yeah. I was always the punt returner. Oh. oh, yeah. You made yourself. I got to, punter. yeah, live my fantasies. Absolutely. But isn't punt returning like one of the hardest jobs in football? Real football, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Madden? No. Would you ever want to be a punt returner in real life? No. 
Because uh, I certainly no. would not. No, no, no. I was out. I, I had to do special teams for the first two years. Yeah. And then some my fourth year. Uh, when I was a rookie covering a punt, I saw a guy get his jaw broken right in front of me. No. Yeah. Uh, done. I got to get a sack tonight. I'm getting off this damn special teams. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, I wouldn't want to be a punt returner. I wouldn't either. No. It's like everybody's coming at you. No. And like trying to have a car crash, basically. But when you got a good one, woo, that changes everything. Oh, it absolutely yeah. does. Uh, it, it absolutely does. Um, but you brought up Ray Agnew because he was on the roster New. with Yes, you. sir. Yes. So he is one of the better nose tackles that mm-hmm. the Rams have ever had in franchise history. But mm-hmm. you pointed this out on Twitter the other day, and I thought it was pretty interesting. So Greg Gaines, mm-hmm. he, has to be, he has a chance to become one of the better franchise, uh, excuse me, nose tackles that the franchise pure has nose. ever drafted. Yeah, pure nose. Yes. That, that's what you're drafted to do is yes. just be the nose. Exactly. Not, not like Brockers where you're, you were three and then they slide you the nose because you get AD. Yes. Or Adam Carragher going way back when, and it's nothing against Adam. Adam was a five-technique defensive end at Nebraska, Nebraska, and they wanted to make him a nose tackle. Well, he's six foot seven. That's going to be tough. How do you get him all the way down to play nose? Right. As far as pure nose tackles, the best I've seen that has ever been drafted by the Rams is Big Grease, Ryan Pickett, Mm -hmm. back in 2001. So it's been a while. Now you've... Like Sue came in to play nose for a bit. He's gone. So you've had some pretty good nose guys that have played nose here. But as far as drafting, I think he has a chance to be the best pure nose the Rams have had. Well, right. And I think that's the point you're making, right? Like yeah. Ray Agnew came in as a free agent. He was mm-hmm. drafted in the first round by New England back in 1990. 3-4 end. Right. Yeah. And so then he comes in and now he's playing nose tackle. And exactly. And you running mate and you guys win the Super Bowl. And now you're friends for life. And it's cute. That's my guy. It is. Yeah. Ray Agnew, now the director of Rams yeah. Pro Personnel, if you didn't know. My so. dude. Every time we take the field, we touch it. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think what you're saying about Greg Gaines is interesting because he, he does have a chance to start at the nose in the Rams' base 3-4 defense. However, somebody else the Rams drafted last year, Sebastian Joseph Day, does have a chance at that spot as well. Right. Now, this, is, now this goes into a whole different conversation, so just... Keep me on point here. Okay. Uh, something you're going to miss about Indomitian Sue, and it's not just how strong he was. You're going to miss how consistent he was and how versatile he was. Remember how many places he lined up yes. last season, right? Yes, so, he lined up everywhere. Right, so that, that makes it easier if you're down a few guys or if you can exploit some matchup, right? So... I, I don't I don't think you have a roving defensive tackle that can line up anywhere. But if you do, it might be Sebastian Joseph Day. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's not pure nose. I think Gaines is going to do one thing. Hmm. You're going to be on the point, on the center, taking that A-gap. You know what I mean? Yes. Refusing to let that center off to go to the second level to get Littleton or to keep that center off Aaron Donald. That's going to be your job. But Joseph Day may be a guy that, hey, look, if he keeps improving his pass rush, you might want to try him at a five. If, if you get in a pinch and he has a pretty good burst like what we saw in OTAs, you might try him outside of a tackle every now and then. But Greg Gaines is going to line up over the center and that's where he's going to live. So, I mean, you sort of just alluded to this, but what is it about Joseph Day that makes you think he has a little bit more versatility? Uh, when you saw the get-off drill, right? And, you know, he's competing with Aaron Donald, so Aaron's going to be first. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, just because he's good, just because he's a fantastic athlete, and he's got the want to. He wants to be the first guy off the ball every single time. Always. Well, the next guy 
if it's not Brock, has been Joseph Day. Okay. You know, so that's what you want to see. A guy that's got a quick twitch, a get off. Uh, if he starts improving his pass rush, and that's the thing that needs to come around. When you start seeing him one-on-one, you need a variety of moves. You just can't run into people and run them over yes. in this league consistently and be successful. Some guys can, but if you start to, to develop some wiggle to your uh, to your game and, and improve your pass rush, then who knows? When they go four down and you need to get to the passer, he may be out there with Donald. In the interior, getting to the pass. Because he has that quick get-off. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that's something that the Rams definitely want to be able to do, get after the quarterback. And I think you want to have somebody besides 99 being able to do that, right? Right. Like, it's, it's interesting just how effective Aaron Donald was when you look at the fact that, gosh, you know, you have all, you had other guys on this roster who can get to the QB. Mm-hmm. And, and it, no just, it didn't necessarily happen as much as you would have liked last year. This is a, a newer movie for you. You've seen Talladega Nights. Oh, yes, absolutely. Remember his partner, Shake and Bake? Yeah. Okay, well, that's the same sort of thing with AD when you're out there. Uh, you want to make plays. Obviously, you're here to get paid and to make plays as well. But your job, job number one, is to make sure he makes plays. And the, the way you do that is to keep him single blocked. Yes. Which means you have to be a factor in there. Yes. So whoever that other tackle is or that end to his side, you have a job. Job one, get to the passer. Job two, make sure they can't double down on him. No. Be a factor that, that that they have to account for you and just say, we just can't leave you and go to him. Right. Now, how do you think the outside linebackers affect that portion of things when it comes to helping Aaron Donald to make plays? Do they factor in? Do well, it? I know when you get Donald and Fowler on the same side, that tackle and guard is in peril. That means that center is going to have to come over because Fowler is not setting anything up. He's going for his going for blood and his damn self. So right. that, he's going to try to beat that tackle. Well, AD is going to try to win over that guard definitely. So the only help you can get is going to be that center popping out. So whoever is at that one, whoever's that other tackle or that guy to the the third guy going from right to left, mm-hmm. whoever that guy is has got to be a consistent threat going towards the quarterback to at least hold that center a beat. You know what I mean? Yes. Make him say, all right, let me put my arm this way if I have to actually step to the other side. That's why I like... At least put my arm to the other side so I can't put my entire body in terms of trying to block Aaron Donald. And that's why I liked Sue at that spot because you at least have to... You have to respect him. You have to honor you have to you honor, have to the honor that, that he's he there, right? Yes. So you have to freeze the center, which means they're going to have to employ a back or a tight end to keep you off the quarterback, which changes the entire offense, which Absolutely. helps Wade Phillips. Right. So if that guy is not a threat, if that guy can be blocked from that spot with just a guard, then that center is going to be free to roam and pick up people. So then does that mean in a known passing situation, you want somebody like Brockers there? Love it. If Brockers okay. is not winning at his position, you know what I mean? If he's not winning at the five right. side, yeah. Right, exactly. But somebody at that spot has got to at least make that center have to honor where you're lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if not, they're just going to jump back on Aaron. Well, and that's the thing, I think, that you can also have some versatility where you're getting linebackers lined up in different spots too, right? I mean, right. Corey Littleton had four sacks last year coming after the quarterback on blitzes. Clay Matthews then also is going to give Bingo. you that kind of versatility where sometimes he'll be lined up on the outside in known passing situations. Mm-hmm. Third and long is what I mean by that. And then also he could be lined up on the inside, so you're not necessarily going to be sure where he's going going at the snap. There's ways to make you pay for doubling Aaron for the attention he sees. One of it is the other guys that are singled up they have to win, like yeah. Fowler on the outside. Well, the other guy, I'm glad you mentioned, is Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. Now, he's smart. He's going to 
dissect and deduce what's going on and figure out where he can make Mm run-throughs, especially if he lines up off the football. He'll come to the sideline and say, hey, look, this center's not even looking back at me. Yeah. I can run through, right? I can either run through and disrupt the run, or I can get to the quarterback in a blink. That sort of stuff will help you take advantage of what they're doing to keep 99 off the quarterback. Well, it, that's just the veteran presence that he brings, yeah. right? And all the experience that he's got, and you could say probably the same thing about Eric Weddle. When you have guys who have basically seen pretty much everything there is to see from an offense, that is the experience that then can make you better because you can do what you just said. Hey, they're not even looking at me. I know I can beat this guy because right. this is something that I've seen before. Well, I heard him say recently, he put out there, these are the best corners he he's played with talking about Eric Weddle uh, oh, in, in Peters yeah. and Tlaib which is great man I mean if he can dissect from the back end and have complete trust in his corners not to get beat over the top he can start playing the ball a little bit more mm-hmm. who knows he may step in front of 10 passes this year maybe and be that guy if you if you have the better your corners the better your safeties can be the more aggressive they can be right I can read the quarterback I can get in throwing lanes because I know these corners are going to play the coverage called and play it well you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, you're getting into territory when you, you talk about that, like the Legion of Boom. That's what made them so good, right? Yeah. Well, you had yeah. Richard Sherman. And exactly. Byron Maxwell, you know, at the and beginning And then Earl of Thomas gets a chance to be just a, a, a prowler. Yes. Sneak in the throwing lanes and, and just disrupt or dislodge or even pick passes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's going to be interesting to see how he does in Baltimore, essentially replacing Eric Weddle at that spot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's going to be that defense is probably going to be very good as Ravens defenses traditionally are. You know, who are their corners? I have to look again. I, I would have to look. Okay, Earl know, Thomas is always going to be Earl Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to make plays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hell or high water. But, I mean, like, guys like Clay Matthews, I expect him to play like Junior Seau did towards the end. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no matter where he plays, he's always going to find a way for him to be for himself to be effective. Yeah. Yeah, I can take a I could take a chance here. I can run through there. I, I just the more he plays, the more dangerous he gets on the field. I, I agree with you. But what about Corey Littleton? Because I did mention, mm-hmm. you know, he had four sacks last year. What do you think he's gotta do to really become the guy that we say, okay, Corey Littleton linebacker, as opposed to Corey Littleton, who happens to play linebacker, but he really he's so good at special teams and it's great that he still does that. Don't you want to talk more about Corey Littleton the linebacker than the special teamer? Uh, yes, I do. Um, you know, when they talk about Luke Keekley or they show Keekley highlights, it's just him playing linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Corey Littleson, it's special teams is involved, and I love that. Changes games, right? Yeah. Changes momentum, no changes doubt. drives, uh, wins games for you, but I like that same playmaking to happen on defense. You know what I mean? Sure. So, what does he have to do to get there? Just keep playing. You're there. He's got what, let's see, he's got a year under his belt as the starter, as the Mike linebacker. Yes. Right? So he calls the plays. So just like quarterback, just like we talked about with Jared Goff, and I think the, you hit the ground running as a defender. So after your first 20 games playing linebacker, you've seen just about everything Mm -hmm. that they're going to throw at you. So play it faster. Play to your instincts. I know where they're going. We'll be there before the ball gets there. That's why Keekley's so good. It ain't rocket science. He's seen it before. He studies, and he just just beats you to the to the spot. It's all about reacting. Absolutely, yeah. That's why. And he's and and 
Corey Littleton, I don't know if people know this, is crazy athletic. He is. Yeah, the guy can run. He's fast. He's he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's not afraid to hit you. You know, so he, he's got everything you need to be successful. Well, he had 125 tackles, nine tackles for loss, four sacks, and three interceptions, uh, one return for a touchdown, and 13 passes defense last year. Mm-hmm. So wh- where do you think those numbers need to go? Uh, well, you can always have more tackles. Um, and the first thing I think, when people always bring up where the Rams rank in run defense. He's actually the first guy I think of. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's always, I mean, because it's your middle linebacker. He's he's supposed to be the guy, or your will linebacker. Uh, one of those two guys, depending on what scheme you're in, are, are going to make all the tackles, especially yeah. on the run. So yeah. if one gets through, it's almost a guarantee they blocked him on that play. You okay. know what I mean? So you can always improve there. In the passing game, I mean, it depends on who you play. I mean, you're playing some of these special tight ends. It's a different ball game. You're going to get chances to make plays through the air because you're going to get attacked. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, yes. I think from the standpoint of, like, the run defense, Mm -hmm. the Rams just have to be more consistent there, just generally. They were 31st in run defense during the regular season, which is kind of, it's incongruous with what they did in the Mm -hmm. postseason, for sure. And I think Don can Sue and what he was doing in the postseason certainly had a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. But you want more consistency out of that run defense throughout the course of the year, which maybe Greg Gaines being that pure nose tackle, that will help keep Corey Littleton clean so he gets more tackles. What was the 273-yard game? Was that that was, was in Chicago? Chicago was like 190. Yeah, Chicago's no, that was uh, that was Seattle. I think that was Seattle. Seattle at home. Okay, Seattle ran the ball at you 32 times or something like that, and threw the ball like 17. Something like okay, that. Okay, so their their whole game plan, they're a running football team basically. If you go back and look at both games versus the Rams, I think they may have thrown it less than 40 times in two games. I would and, not and, be shocked by that. I and ran know, it over yeah. 60 times. Yeah. So that's their game plan, and you know, towards the end of the year. Okay, you're a little banged up or what have you, and they got you. But I'm, I'm trying to. What I'm trying to say is, when did the lack of run defense hurt you? When did it cost you games? It didn't. I know it, it cost you in Chicago, but you could have blamed that on the offense. Yeah, going three and out. Yeah, because right. that game was what thirteen to six or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and they had like thirty-five rush attempts against. Yeah, you know. So every time the Rams gave up this crazy number rushing. Go back and look at what the offense was doing or wasn't doing Mm. and how many times they actually took the field. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because in those two Seattle games, the Rams obviously won both of them. Right. So they made the plays where they had to be made, yeah. both offensively and defensively, but particularly defensively in that Week 10 game at home, you yeah. know, where Dante Fowler gets the strip sack, mm-hmm. and then they still are able to come after Russell Wilson and make him throw the ball too high on the on the sideline there at the end of the game. So I think you want to see the defense run defense get better for right. sure right. but i think where you're kind of right in saying like you know when did it really cost you games i'm not necessarily sure it did in the way that people expected yeah yeah i mean it's it's a rank it's a number and it's easy to point and say they need to get better there but i mean you go look at the first two preseason or uh, postseason games uh, right. I, I, they didn't give up more than 60. Now, it hurt them in the Super Bowl, but again, yes. the offense was three and out, three and out, three and out, right? And it didn't really hurt them into the Super Bowl until the very last bit of that fourth quarter. Right, but the number is distorted, 154. You know what I mean? That's how many yards rushing. You know what? I didn't yeah. even know that. So That's kind of weird. It's a little distorted there, but you go back and look, okay, well, they're on the field a lot. Well, 
anybody's going to run on you if you're out there 65, 75 times. Yes. They're going to find holes on you. So I'm not excusing anything. I'm just saying, but just don't look at a number and say, aha, they're bad there. Well, there's when it matters most, I think they stop the run pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and the, because that's what we talked about the entire week leading up to the Dallas yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. And then lo and behold, they gave up 47 yards rushing right. in that game, you know, and like they stopped Zeke on fourth down. Like it was a great, great performance mm-hmm. by that defense in that game. Sue in particular. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's how he earned that nine million. Right. And that, <laughs> but that's how you, you have to look at it and say, okay, how are you really going to replace his production? It's going to be a by committee thing. Right. But if you get that production more consistently, then maybe you're set up better going into the postseason in the first place. No doubt. And uh, look, and, and people, look, can improve. Uh, we talked about slow starts. I think we talked about slow starts defensively last season and the season before, right? Yeah. Slow starts have plagued this defense for a while. So if you fin- if you start the game the way you finish it, you'd be top 10 in pretty much every defensive category. Sure. So it's there. Um, the ability to stop the run is there, but everyone can improve. And it goes back to what we were talking about, Corey Littleton. When you when I hear run defense, he's always the first guy I think of. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think so too. Yeah. But elsewhere on the defense, I think this is an interesting conversation because you have cornerbacks that are going to be on the last year of their contracts, mm-hmm. right? You've got Aqib Tlaib and you've got Marcus Peters. They're both going into contract years. What the Rams have done, I think, decently well is set themselves up to say, all right, if something happens and we don't have either of those guys, we have two corners in the future that we at least like a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think that that's not the necessarily the right way to put it, like a little bit, because they do like Troy Hill and they like David Long Jr. kind of a lot. You've got right? some insurance. You do have a little bit of insurance yeah. there. Um, but I think if Aqib Tlaib is healthy and if, if Marcus Peters is healthy and you have both of those guys for a 16-game season and then beyond that – I, I think that that's where the defense is going to really be able to say, all right, we can be elite. No doubt. Um, this whole puzzle, the CBA puzzle and the, the salary cap puzzle, you can't keep everybody, right? But right. one thing we know for certain, both corners want to keep playing football, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to get paid by somebody. So the better you play, the more you're going to get paid. Yes. So that's good to have two corners in contract years that want to keep playing ball either here or somewhere else. So uh, there's the extra incentive to number one, do your job better than you did it last year and to stay healthy, mm-hmm. which is good for everyone else, all involved. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think it's worth pointing this out once again, and I'm sure we did it on a past episode, but I mean, the defense was so much better with Tlaib than it mm-hmm. was without Tlaib. So in 11 games with Tlaib, including the postseason, Rams allowed 17.8 points per game and then 321 yards per game, right? Mm-hmm. So in eight games without the veteran corner, LA allowed 401 yards per game and 30.8 points per game. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge difference. Wow. I want to say something. It's 12 points per game. It is. Uh, he's tremendous. I don't know how to say it um, without being insensitive, but it's it's the difference between a... Oh, boy. Well, you've, have you ever taken, like, martial arts classes? Yeah. I, I, I okay. was a black belt in Taekwondo. Okay. Have you guys ever trained time. with the wooden swords? Not wooden swords. Okay. No. Well, it's... When you train with wooden swords, there is a day to where they go with actual swords. Uh-huh. 
well, that's like adding Tlaib. You know what I mean? Okay. You're adding something lethal to your defense when he's out there. Everything changes. Yeah. I think you got through that very tactfully. Oh, thank you. Well, (laughs) I can't say what I really want to say because it's insensitive. Uh, (laughs) Well, see, now you just told the audience that that wasn't what you really wanted to say. It's When you add a guy (laughs) like that, I mean, you, you... automatically get better against the pass because he can cover. Uh, He's so smart. He's as smart as any safety in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Which is rare with corners. Yes. Just corners just run with people, but he is so (laughs) smart. And then you also get better versus the run because he's got the mentality of a linebacker. Mm -hmm. He's not afraid to come in there and and drop a guy. So he's just so much better when you're on the field. Yeah. Um, The the other guy that's as versatile, maybe Rondé Barber way back when? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, You always, people slept on how good Rondé was. I always liked Rondé Barber. I did too, I thought he was tremendous. Uh, But it's the same except Tlaib's got a little bit more of an edge. And guess who trained Talib way back when? Barber. Yes. Yeah. So it just it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Both guys were on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Talib obviously drafted there in uh, 2008. So it's going to be interesting to see what the secondary can do together in this season because you've got guys who are established veterans and then somebody who's younger like a John Johnson Mm -hmm. who is going into his third year and really is almost playing at that all pro level right Right. like I think and I say that because he's not been an all pro yet but Mm -hmm. I think he's very close to being at that kind of level where we mentioned him with the elite safeties like your Harrison Smiths right like Mm -hmm. that's that is where I think he's headed Uh, with you Uh, you know I, I think he's got nothing but better so at some point he's going to reach elite status just like we talked with Jared Goff Uh, and I think he's going to get the opportunities this year in this scheme Mm -hmm. just like we talked about with Jared Goff you enter year four things just all of a sudden take off well you know he's seen just about everything talking about John Johnson the third he's seen just about everything and high-powered offenses that you can throw at him and not only did he play well he played beyond expectations so if he continues to get better, you, there's no question he'll finally get the credit he deserves for, for being one of the elite safeties in the game. It's interesting to hear guys are in the locker room talk about John Johnson and the way that he plays and how well he plays and how much he studies and mm-hmm. how how good he is, basically. right? Like I remember yeah. Marcus Peters, and I think this was even before they played a game last year, mm-hmm. was talking about how he thought John Johnson is a future All-Pro. He just kept saying it. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. So it what John Johnson the third does translates to his teammates and they see it and they appreciate it. What's your favorite John Johnson the third play last year? The pick in New Orleans? Oh man. Um no y- yes, but I got no. one that's like it's out. like yeah. okay, it's like, yeah. you know how people say uh Kanye's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is his yeah. best album, but yeah. it might not be my favorite album. Fair. That's how I feel about that. Like so the pick uh. in New Orleans was probably his best play considering the game situation, the degree of difficulty falling on put your you back. In the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And that it yeah, it helped put you into the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> right like yeah. that is one. <laughs> but I think my favorite was with the interception he ripped away from George Kittle. Oh, uh, in Santa Clara. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one was 
really, really yeah. cool to watch. And that's on a Pro Bowler. That's one. That's yeah. all one of the best tight ends out there. It right was now. a record-setting tight end. You know, my favorite play is actually the other tight end, the one that was Zach Ertz. Oh yes. It was an end zone shot. Yes. And it looked like he was beaten, and then he made up and knocked the ball away. Yeah. And Ertz had been killing people on that play all year. Right? Right. I mean, to me, that is by far the best play he made all year. Because he should have been beaten for a touchdown. He should have been beaten for a touchdown on that play. And all of a sudden, he went to a whole new gear. You know what I mean? Yes. He's a step behind when that ball's in the air. And he made up for it and made the play. Okay, all right. But I mean, like, I don't know if it's by far. Yeah. Because to there me, were so many. Okay, to me. but like, like, like I said, you, we can have favor and we can have best. Yeah. Because there were so many great plays that he made yeah. in that in that entire season. Um, but I think when you think about that one specifically that you were talking about against the Eagles, you have to go back almost to 2017. Yeah. And you got to remember the way that Carson Wentz was targeting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first half of that game that the Rams played against the Eagles. Right. And our, obviously that was the game that Carson Wentz went down towards ACL. Nick Changed Foles comes in. Lot, and right. Yes. And and uh, the Eagles end up winning that game and then the Super Bowl. But in that game, and I've talked to John Johnson about this, he yeah. felt like he was getting beat. He said, I felt like I was letting the team down. I felt like I was losing the game for us. I love it. And so, you know, he kind of went over and he like took a knee and like spoke to himself a little bit. He's like, hey, we got to get this right. We got to get it right. And then he played much better throughout oh, yeah. the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. So I say all that to say, right, your same game situation, basically, you're in the Coliseum, you're against the Eagles, you're facing Nick Foles this time, but, like, you don't want to get beat no. by Eagles tight ends. And, again, granted, Zach Ertz wasn't playing in game 17. Yeah, yeah. He was in this one. But you don't want to get beat by an Eagles tight end. Right. 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 So he's got to make up for it. He's got to be able to get into the back of the end zone, and it's a little bit of redemption. See, I mean, like, to me, this is what makes an all-pro pro bowl safety. You make all the plays you should make. Mm-hmm. When you're in position to make the play, you do, right? You don't miss tackles. That's number one. So John Johnson did all that. Mm-hmm. You, and you don't give up stupid penalties. He was flagged zero times mm-hmm. all last season. But when you get beat over the top, when you're out of position and you f- still find a way to make a play, to me that's special. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Wade Phillips, isn't de- you're not dependent on your coordinator to be a special player. It's just you. You know what I mean? Sure. You're going to do everything the defense calls for you to do plus a little bit more. That makes you special. It does. Yeah. And I think that's why, especially when you have the experience around you like John Johnson now mm-hmm. has with Eric Weddle. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got guys like Tlaib, like Peters, like Nikhil Roby Coleman yeah, in the yeah. slot. This, that secondary, I think, really has a chance to be special. True. and But just this is us talking about him because we like him and we're around him. But every other team that has a great tight end or a back that can catch out of the backfield is going to try him. Because you have to. they feel confident in their guy. Yeah. San Francisco's not going to go away from Kittle just because John Johnson III is standing there. Sure. It's going to be a battle. You know what I mean? Yes. So there's still some road left for him. You know? Um, so maybe if you get through and teams stop attacking you, then you'll be called elite. Then you'll be called a pro. Okay. All pro. Right. But I think a lot of times teams are going to target safeties anyway because that's a lot, most of the time where the mismatch is. Well, if I got Kamara, I don't care who you got. I'm going to him. Right. If I got Kittle, I don't care who you got. I'm going to him. If I got Travis Kelsey, 
Kelsey. I don't care who you got. I'm going to him. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? It, uh, you unless, have those mismatches. Unless that guy over there is a game changer. Then I can't go to you. Okay. Then he's an eraser. Then well, i got to get creative and find ways to get my guy open. Yes. Right. Well, let's let's see this yeah. year if John Johnson can do that. Uh, but you actually, you just mentioned a couple guys that are going to be in the division. And it's funny. You've said this to me. You think that sometimes Rams fans might be underestimating the rest of the division Absolutely. going into 19? You know, and it's fun. And every fan base that's gone through this, when you've been downtrodden, and then all of a sudden you're on the upswing. Like the Cubs? Like the Red Sox? You get to be obnoxious. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because you're long-suffering. You know, this is all that pent-up aggression, and you get to be nan 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 at everybody in the division. But I caution you, man, Seattle's not going anywhere. And they're building. Pete Carroll wants the mantle of NFC West champion back in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco, if Garoppolo doesn't get hurt. Who knows how they finished last year. And Arizona, like you said, uh, at some point they're going to right that ship. Um, they're just not going to accept the Rams being on top and lay down for you every year. So just thinking because you're looking at rosters or because infinite lists tell you that the Rams are the best team in football or the best team in the NFC West doesn't make it so. You're going to have to earn it every single year. Yeah. I mean, nobody would have expected what the Rams did in 2017, right? Right. It, it's hard to win back-to-back-to-back division mm-hmm. championships, especially in a sport like football that is salary capped so that basically you're not supposed to keep winning and winning and right. winning as the Patriots have done over the last 20 years. No doubt. Um, I'll, I'll never forget, and this is funny because we were basking in the glow of a Super Bowl run on this football team, so we were stretched thin so to speak. But just watching football, um, the one guy that stood out of all the playoff losers when the head coaches spoke was Pete Carroll. Hmm. He was not down. He was encouraged. They're building. They finished in the playoffs. They're getting better. That was supposed to be a rebuilding year for yes. them last year. Yes. They're going to make another run at this. They're mm-hmm. going to make another challenge for your championship. So, just careful being overconfident. We, when I hear Rams fans say, we got this. Okay, yeah, you do. You, you beat them last season, but Seattle's not going to take that line down. And Seattle is still a tough place to play. You know Very I mean? tough. Right. So just it, don't think you've got the game won. It's kind of crazy that the Rams have won three out of their last four ma- matchups in Seattle. Yeah, with a blowout. Yeah. Yeah. With Going a, back to 2015. Right, right. And re- you remember when it was the opposite way, when it was a pit of hell up there. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's every year you, you just have to take these things one game at a time. And I know that's boring to say, but... As a fan base, just careful being overconfident, saying that you're already at the top of the NFC West before you played game one. No doubt. I think that Kyler Murray, especially because he's just such a wild card, mm-hmm. you just don't know how Arizona's going to be. You don't know what Cliff Kingsbury is going to bring to the NFL. And I know that some people might think that like there's a little bit too much made about that, but I, I think... If there is some kind of wrinkle, and because Kyler Murray is such a good athlete, think about what Michael Vick did Mm -hmm. with the Atlanta Falcons, right? Right. Uh, Like, Kyler Murray is maybe faster. He's at least as fast as Vick. He's got a great arm. Yeah. And I think schemes now are set up more for quarterbacks like him to be effective and to be efficiently effective. If you're their offensive play caller, and I think it is going to be Kingsbury that's going to to call plays for them. Uh, Well, why wouldn't you use your best weapon, him, a lot, especially when he's young? And, you know, they've retooled on the offensive line. they got some guys coming back off injury. Um, But if their starting five stays healthy, then they've got a chance. They still have David Johnson. 
right? They Who's do. a problem? Um, and I agree. I, I, I agree with him. I still think he's one of the best backs in the league. Mm-hmm. I think he just suffered last year through a bad offense. So if they get it going and stay healthy offensively, they can give you problems, especially with that little guy at quarterback. Well, and Larry Fitzgerald, too. I mean, True. He just he's still around. Yeah, and they got great grades for their draft this year. Mm-hmm. They brought in some, some good talent. And on defense, I know he's in year 17, but you pair Suggs with Chandler Jones. That's actually really dangerous. Please don't underestimate them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. On any surface, home or away. Those two guys are dangerous, can ruin your Sunday. They, they absolutely can. All right. Uh, any parting shots before we let the people go? Oh, parting shots. Uh, you... Plenty. <sighs> okay. Plenty of parting shots. None that we can say, though. <laughs> well, you know? that's not, you don't yeah. have any. Um, this is so funny. Uh, have you, have, well, you've, you've never seen Rollerball, have you? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. <sighs> Why am I even talking to you anymore? I don't know. Okay, roller You took ball. my parting shot. Anyway, I'm just saying, no, like, you, you know. You're going to keep talking, okay? Football is fun, and it's escapism, and I hope we've done our job, because it's been tough lately. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's my parting shot. <laughs> I, I got you. Yeah. And since you took my parting shot at the beginning of the show, oh. you started talking about bowling. Yeah. I did have four strikes in a row yesterday. Wow. That is going to do it for this edition of Between the Horns for DeMarco Far. I am Miles Simmons. Hey, be sure to register for your free tickets for Rams training camp at UC Irvine at therams.com slash training camp. We will see you guys there. You got a trophy case full of like two-inch trophies, don't you? <laughs>